Welcome to the Dream Life and Business Podcast. My name is Sarah Buner, and I created this podcast to share inspiring content and conversations to help you live your dream life. I also believe that entrepreneurship is the way that we can have the time, money, and energy to live our best lives. And so we talk about all things business here too. And just remember, your dream life is always just one decision away. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. And today I am so excited to be sitting here with Megan Barnard. And Megan, if you don't know her, know her because she's amazing. And I'll go into why in a minute. But Megan is an intuitive copy coach. She is a story magician, I think is how you said that. And that's totally you. I like you also said on a post recently, you're a doula for ideas. Yeah, I'm an idea midwife. Yeah, that's it. Which I I totally ripped off from Socrates. Oh, (laughs) Hey, you know what? That's okay. <laughs> I was like that, but you know, when you're yeah. um, looking for that career and I always knew I was a writer and I got to college and read um, Plato, you know, yeah, uh, or yeah, like Plato's accounts of Socrates and Socrates calls himself an idea midwife. And I was like, oh, that, that's the job I want. I, I, I found that. it. I found my career. I love that. And that's you. And also she just created, and you can't see because we're not doing video here, but her wise writer within Oracle deck. It's super amazing. Like I've been playing with it so much. Um, Megan, just thank you for being here. I'm so excited to see what magic comes out of this conversation. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Sarah. And, you know, I wanted to start with, I don't know if you know this, I think I mentioned it. So I worked with you back in um, Joy Buffalini's program, the quantum leap program, which is an amazing program that program literally changed my life and my business. And when you were coaching me on copy, there was, you were the first person to ever tell me that I was a a writer or a good writer. Like you changed my relationship to writing. And, you know, I'm like a nerd, like I, I had straight A's and stuff through college. And so I could write academically, but I never, um, honored my own voice. And so I came into that container with this like shame around my writing. If I'm just a bad writer, like I'll never be a good writer. And the way that you held space for me and it, we had brief interactions. It was only a few weeks, a few times transformed how I feel about writing. Wow. So I Thank wanted you. to know that. I probably should have told you that for like a, <laughs> a testimony. No, this feel is free perfect. to take it. I get to get it like on air. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you. And, and I tell people I that. I love having the honor of, I mean, I don't care if I'm the first, but I love having the yeah. honor of being a person who says to you, you have this ability and it's, it's so about connection. And, um, as somebody who's always felt like a writer, I often have felt so, um, envious of people who are like, I'm not writers who don't identify as writers because they often have this amazing ability to simply connect and say the thing. And I'm Mm. over here trying to write. I'm over here trying to craft. I'm over here doing something performative. Like so much of what I did in my like life journey as a writer and as a business owner was unlearn the performative writing part Ooh. of it. Yeah. Like deconstruct the box that you're put in. Oh, that's and, interesting. And stop and stop trying to make it fancy and just mm-hmm. say the darn thing. Yeah. Right. Just and so so often it, like the the best lines come from you know, people who say I'm not a writer 
from clients who are like, I struggle with writing because they're not doing any of the fluff. Mm -hmm. There, there's only enough, um, like bandwidth there or interest or whatever it is to just say the damn thing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. And it also, it, it makes me think about intuition, right? I, I, whenever people are like, well, I'm not intuitive, but, and then the next thing they say is the most intuitive thing. And then, you know, when, once you're in that world for long enough, I know, you know, it's like, then we start to, we can do the same thing, like put ourselves in a box and it's like deconstructing the box. Yeah. I, can, can I geek out on that a little bit? Yeah. More, this idea of I'm not a writer because I'm so yeah. passionate about it. And you, it's in the introduction to my Oracle deck that you were just mentioning, right? It's like, it's your birthright to write. And I'm saying this mm. to absolutely everybody. And I'm under the impression that a lot of people are, are coming at writing thinking I'm not a writer or I don't write the right way because we're not shown what the writing process really looks like. And so we make this assumption that um, writing must be easy for other people. And if it's not easy for me, I'm doing it wrong. Yeah, or yeah. there's some kind of behind the scenes hidden technology that I'm not privy to. And so I'm not a writer. Well, what makes anybody a writer? I mean, language is shared universally by, by all people. It's something we all do. Not everybody picks up a pen and paints or <laughs> a pen oh, and draws yeah, or yeah, yeah. paints. Yeah. Um, not everybody picks up um, a musical instrument and makes music, but every human on the planet communicates. Even we're finding out more and more people who are like really far on the autism spectrum and maybe yes. totally nonverbal, there's still communication that's happening. Um, I actually have a friend who works with nonverbal autistic people and they tell their stories and it goes more slowly. It involves like them pointing to letters on a keyboard or sometimes typing, but it's for every human being, yeah. the urge to tell your story and communicate. So just like love to extend the invitation to everybody listening. If you've had that thought, I'm not a writer to let go of an identity. If I am a writer, or I'm not a writer and just play with how does it feel to think I was born to communicate. I was oh, born to share my story. I've never thought like the way you just framed that. I've never thought of it of this is a, this is what you mean by the birth rate. Like when you said that in the intro, I was like, that's really cool. I like that idea. But the way that you're framing it here and what I'm receiving is re the reminder that it literally is communication in written form and that we all have nobody. It's almost like there's been this like commodification or I don't know. I'm sure you've thought about this way more than I have, but the separation of writer versus non-writer. Yes. Part of it definitely is um, because we're all asked to choose an identity that's often part of a career and all of that, the way that messes with your head. But it goes even deeper because when I unpack this sometimes with clients, their identity of I'm not a writer has come from a teacher telling them they've got poor penmanship mm, or being yeah. really challenged by spelling. Yeah. And spelling is not writing. Like it's a, it's a handy technology to have. So people can, you know, right. understand what you meant to say. It's getting less and less important because technology will just do it for us. Right. Um, but we've made that association. Like the, the way I literally form letters on the page is not up to snuff. And so that means I'm not a writer. No, heck no. I love that. That's so, so pulling, pulling those pieces apart. And then, you know, the, we have, there's so much red pen trauma. Yes. <laughs> you had your, 
your thought um, corrected and not in a loving and gentle way. And I've been a classroom teacher and grading sucks, man. I mean, it is hard to stay in a place of open heartedness and compassion um, when you're just buried under piles of paperwork and underappreciated and under everything. Well, and then there's Um, all the standards that you're, I see why they're there, but then you're grading within a lens that isn't necessarily holistic either. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes it very easy not to see the person, the human being in front of you and very Mm -hmm. easy to just get caught up and caught up and like, we learned how to use commas and you're not using it correctly. And what, you know, you get kind of frustrated. Um, and I had to, I had to, I didn't have to, but I'm so glad I did transcend beyond being a grammar Nazi. Um, (laughs) I grew up in a, in a very, um, language loving family and the way we bonded was in correcting people's grammar. We have a few of those in our family too. I had, I have finally let it go. (laughs) (laughs) And, and I, um, I recognize that so much of that, that need to correct other people comes from my own fear of being wrong. And I grew up really struggling to try to figure out how to read. I mean, language was just innate in me. I was making puns like very early and just playing with language, but I didn't learn phonics when I was in school. And I really struggled. How do you do this reading thing? And how do you do this writing thing and this spelling thing? And um, I really learned spelling and phonics when I became a teacher. And I actually got pissed off. I was like, you mean there are rules for this? <laughs> I was just sitting there guessing. And yeah. um, and I I it makes complete sense to me that as a, you know, a, a little I was super scared of disappointing adults as a highly sensitive little. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to be wrong. And I don't yes. know how this language thing works, like in terms of the spelling and the mechanics. So then that internalized as I must be hypervigilantly watching out for somebody who's making those mistakes so I can throw shade on them. So it won't come back on me. You know, like this yeah. is what humans do. We project oh, yeah. our biggest fear onto other people and are like, yes. wrong. So I'm not wrong. Right, right, right. I can relate. Yeah. You know, it's funny because that's where I was feeling guided to go next was the writing, but like with you, there's like this whole world of being a highly sensitive person and you're, you identify as an empath as well. How, and then the world of intuition, how does all of that weave together for you with writing in general, for you as a writer, for you as a coach, like it was like 10 questions, but wherever you want to go with that, there's a whole, a whole thing there. Yeah, the lesson I need to always come back to myself and that I'm able to come back to more easily by coaching other writers is you already know. Mm. You already know. Get quiet and listen. And the you already know doesn't mean it has to be a fully formed idea, right? Uh, It doesn't mean um, that you start with the first sentence and then you just write the whole novel or the whole whatever it is. Um, But the desire is what you know, the spark, and even how to write it, how to let things unfold. So I, I love the moment when I'm working with a coaching client or you know the series of moments when they get they get to do it their way, when that clicks. Mm. Yeah. Right. So, oh, I was taught I had to write this way or outline this way or come up with ideas this way, or that I it should unfold like this. Um, and for most of us, I guess it's probably less that we were explicitly taught that and more we picked it up by osmosis that somehow I think this is the way writing should work. Um, 
even though it's very much, it's very mysterious, right? Yeah. You see other people's finished pieces of writing. You see books, you see Facebook posts, you see emails, and then you're kind of inferring how that magic happened. Yeah. And then, and then most of us, so most of us are making an inference about how somebody else did it and then making ourselves wrong if we're doing it a different way. Ooh. That's does a that really, it does. It does. I don't know if you know this, but my husband's a writer. And so he writes fantasy, like dragon and <laughs> distilling it way too much, but he like creates worlds and has one whole series about crystals. And like the way he writes, he has a certain like process. Yeah. And I, now that you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I, when I'm writing, I'm comparing myself to him because he's got his binders and his maps and his, all of that. And there's this whole thing. And as you're saying that, I'm like, oh, I've been subconsciously comparing myself to that. Oh, and you know, we think very differently and I'm not writing a dragon novel. <laughs> so no, writing a novel is a whole different yes, bag of potatoes. Right. 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 Like you've got to keep track of which characters where in the geography and how long would it take on a dragon to fly from here to there? Yeah. yeah. It's a whole thing, but I <laughs> yeah, pulled this off track. Where were you at? With, you were talking about though, that was just a, you said that and I just brought that right into my head, but you were talking about so Oh, wait, let's pause on that. I'm so glad you did because maybe that moment is happening for other people. Like, everybody just oh. take a second and ask, whose process am I comparing my process to? Which Anybody? that's like business too. Like that's life. I feel like that's that constant deconstruction. Yeah. Of and, that. Yeah. And our brains play tricks on us. So here's a simple example for business owners. You may experience somebody's writing by seeing, okay, this person I follow posts um, six days a week, two times a day. And your brain turns that into, I should be sitting down to write Monday through Saturday, twice a day. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. That's likely not, it might be how that person is creating. We don't know, but it might not be. That person might be sitting down on one or two, um, you know, days of the month or every Monday, uh, when she's really in her flow and creating that way and then sharing things. So making a separation between how we see writing come mm -hmm. into the world and how it's created is super important. It's like the the first step. This is what keeps a lot of people from writing books because they look at a book and they're like, I could never just sit down and write that whole thing. Well, you don't have to sit down and write that right. whole thing. Anybody who's recorded music, totally different from getting up and performing live. You're going to yes. sing that one verse, like that one line in that verse several times. And then you're going to be able to take the one, you know, the cut that you like the best and go, yeah, yeah. that's it. Oh um, so really making, giving ourselves space to explore what is my writing process? Like first, what does it even look like to write um, in a way that's uh, like helpful and supportive? So let's yes. take something shorter. So writing, sitting down to write a, a whole book and starting at the beginning and going to the end is usually not that supportive. But even with something short, like a Facebook post, starting with a headline, a super clever, gonna get everybody to stop scrolling and read headline and writing all the way through to the end. For most people, a lot of the time is not really supportive mm -hmm. versus I've got this idea. I'm gonna start in the middle and then like write that to the end and then come back to the beginning and go, oh yeah, here's what it was really all about. Here's a headline. Yeah. Um, stepping into curiosity about what this process could look like for me that could be supportive is such a gift. And it's juicy. And it, and it, it needs space. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm remembering two things from our from working with you. One is that the process needs to be fun. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's another gift you gave me is, is you normalize. Like it doesn't have to be this arduous thing that it's actually fun and play and curiosity. And the other thing I really appreciated is you talk a lot about like actually making the time, right? Like we vote for the kind of life we want for, by how we choose to spend our time, money, and energy. And for when you said that, it's like, oh, I need to prioritize this. So now it's actually like a big part of my creation in my own, like I have, it's not books or anything, but I like to write out what's in my head and like lists and stuff like this. And it's like this process, it's fun. And it's because of what you taught. Like this can be a fun thing. It doesn't have to be formed. And it's it's a, I call it the mad scientist moments, but like super fun. <laughs> it is, it's play and experimentation. And I wonder what will happen if I mix these things together. And it, making the stakes low is such a revelation. Yes. And, and, um, I talk a lot about writing process, which probably sounds so, so boring, right? You know, that there, there used to be this show on the discovery channel or something, and it was called how it's made, but we, mm-hmm. my husband and I used to call it how boring is made <laughs> because it was, it was just like, and here's the assembly line where the little brackets go through. It was, it was probably like a great, you know, show to fall asleep to Yeah. But um, process doesn't sound that sexy and exciting, but what we're really talking about is the, like, the magic that is ideas that only exist in your mind, like in your field, coming to you from wherever they come from, that only exist there, getting to actually vibrate in the three-dimensional reality or four-dimensional or, you know, like, whatever it is, if you want to bring time into it. Yeah. But- the that's freaking magic. And so the process I'm talking about is understanding and becoming self-aware of how you do that so that you can do it in a reliable way. And you don't have mm. to just um say, well, I hope it get inspired. You know, I hope, I hope yeah. the the lightning bolt of inspiration strikes me today. So um do 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 something about how do we, how process forget why I went there I know you're sitting in my I can already feel I don't know if you follow astrology but I've been feeling the Neptune retrograde coming it's like conversations all of a sudden it's like I feel grounded physically but my conversations start to get like really dreamy and light it's, I've noticed like a lot of us are getting there I'm like oh, that's that's interesting with Saturn retrograde too that'll be really fun um well we were talking about fun and creating space and so you started talking about process Oh yeah. So the question to ask is, um, how how do I dig in and connect to my creativity, connect to source, you know, get things from my brain space or from my field down through my fingers and out in a way that feels organic for me, that feels inviting for me. And there are a million different ways to do it. And I'm such a proponent of fun. Um, one, because no, for I guess for three reasons. One, I feel like that's what we're here for, just on this planet in general, yeah. is to enjoy ourselves. By the Two. way, I was swinging right before this on the swing set. So, yes. Oh, I love it. Oh. <laughs> it's my new, like, between session self care. So, yes, fun. It's so what we're here good. for. That's a great brain reset. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, what yeah. We're here for. Two, um, it's your communication. It's your story. It's It's got a sacredness to it. And so for it to feel like drudgery is just really sad, I think. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that deserves a reframe. If your sacred 
storytelling and sharing and your magic coming through you feels like drudgery. And three, it's so freaking practical. You'll just write more if it's enjoyable. That makes sense. It's like you'll lean into it more easily. Well, it won't be the thing you put last on your list. True. Right? I mean, yeah. like, just, just scrub the shower for me. It's like it goes <laughs> to the bottom of the list yeah. and falls yeah. off the list. And then I do it very infrequently because I do not enjoy it. Yes. Um, yeah. And I'm sure I could find a way to enjoy it. But like, think about the things we do, we actually do, and we repeat and we make part of our regular schedules. For business owners who are being told you need to be sharing or who are picking up this sense of like, you need to be sharing this much and they're putting this pressure on themselves to write. It's not lack of knowing they would get more visibility that Mm -hmm. keeps them from writing. It's that it's not enjoyable or there isn't, there isn't a um, reliable way they're doing it. So it doesn't work. I mean, we put off things that are no fun, that are bummers. We put off things that um, we feel really like we're crap at. Mm-hmm. Um, we put off things that are ineffective, that don't work. Like every time yeah. I try to do this, I get really mediocre results. So I'm just going to kind of, again, push it to the bottom of the list. Right. That's so interesting too, because that's after we worked together, it, it like inspired this whole journey into learning about copywriting and messaging and also just writing, like writing for business, but also writing for life. And it's I think I just unwill- unknowingly leaned into the, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> without Ooh. an expectation just to just, I think it's the Virgo in me wanting to um, perfect everything or improve. Like it's a constant and not in a, um unhealthy way, but just always wanting to refine and improve and grow. And it's been so rewarding. It's been like, it really brings a centeredness to you when you're able to write more. And again, I don't think I'm like, here I am. I'm like, I'm not like a professional writer, but it did. It embodied more. I integrated it into my practice more. It's so That's cool. beautiful. And I like that reframe because you were talking about the commodification of writing and, you know, right. I'm not a writer if I'm not getting paid to write. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's cool. But I mean, I don't think people have that same um, hang up about saying I'm an intuitive or I'm creative right. if that's right. not your vocation if that's not what your business card says right right have oh, that I love that freedom. and can you say more about why you're finding it satisfying to be doing more writing um even outside of your business what yeah well mine is so outside of business is more it's writing and channeling but what when I feel into that question it's, I felt this energy actually before we started recording, you brought up when we were talking about intentions, you're like, I just really want to be present. I think what it does is it brings me present with myself. Yeah. So it's usually not what, like, it's not to produce an outcome. Like I have a special journal and I'll like write and then I'll channel a little bit and then maybe draw a little picture. And it just, it's like a sacred moment with myself. Yeah. And I love it. And That's I used true. to think I wasn't a journaler because I didn't date it. I didn't do it every day. And it's not a full page. You know, we do this to ourselves. But now it's like, that's my special little magical book that I sit on my deck and just connect and mm-hmm. sort. And I want to add to that actually too, because something I see, you know, as a coach for other business owners, but also in my own life is this process of inner discernment versus deferring our power. 
And so even when we're working with intuitives or other experts, I feel like all of us can tend to, when we're feeling a little shaky or learning something new, defer our power to an expert. So for me, writing gives me a sacred space to really process and discern what I'm, what's coming in. And again, not like good, bad, right, wrong, but like, how is this sitting with me? Whether it's life or business or whatever. And I think it's equally as helpful as like having a community of people we can process things with it. I think one can't replace the other. So it really has just become a centering space for myself. That now that I'm verbalizing it, I didn't realize that's what I was doing until we were talking about this. It's beautiful. I mean, this is very meta, right? Because we're kind right. of doing the activity that you're, right. that you're talking about. <laughs> and, and this is such a really simple way for anybody who wants to be doing more writing that's just personal writing, that's processing writing, yeah. journaling. Um, ask yourself questions, super simple questions like, what am I feeling anxious about? Why do I think this is happening? What would I like to have happen in this next moment? Like yeah. just questions that slow you down. And they're not questions you need to have an answer to. And, and there's so much power in the physical act of writing because it slows down our minds. And I always feel like when you slow down the conscious mind, the subconscious mind gets a word in edgewise. For yeah. most of yeah. us, the conscious mind is constantly narrating reality, you know, whatever it's yeah. doing. It's like the, <laughs> yes, like <laughs> all the time thinking about answering that email or what I'm going to cook yeah. for dinner. Um, but it's not necessarily, I just found a sock in my sweater pocket. <laughs> you and I are very similar then. <laughs> That's something I would do. <laughs> uh, I was outside barefoot. And like, uh, That's uh, great. Um, but that like, when you ask that mind, if you, if you try to tell your mind to stop, it, it usually doesn't, it's a very challenging thing, right? So if you try to make words and say, okay, mind stop, I'm not going to think about that anymore. It, it, you just get into kind of a battle in chaos. But if you just start writing, your conscious mind will naturally just take a break. Mm. And then thoughts because it, it it's it gets bored. It's like I'm going faster than this. I know what. And if you, especially writing um, with a pen or pencil, like by hand on paper, um, you just it's a discovery process. Mm -hmm. And you go, oh, I didn't know how that sentence was going to end. Something different came through, and you're connecting to an openness to, I mean, a curiosity. Like, I wonder what will come through. And it's you, but it's also more than you. Right. So there's no, um, there's no way to do it wrong. <laughs> and, and like anybody who's listening is like, oh, I'm not a writer. Or I'm not a journaler. I dare you to just try it. Oh, um, yeah. And, and you're touching and on, oh, go ahead. It, it, even if you talk it out, like there is a slowness that happens with the physical writing, but even if you take time to go for a walk in your neighborhood and just ask, what do I want to have happen in this project I'm working on? Or gosh, why am I feeling so tired today? Or um, what's what's something really awesome that happened in my week? Um, I do Friday reflections um, mm -hmm. and I ask myself for magic questions, which are, what are my wins? What are my challenges? What's working and what do I want to try? 
and um i've always written them and the last mm-hmm. two fridays i really 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 was done at my computer i'm like i'm done i'm done i want to keep this commitment but i'm done at my computer and i went outside and i went in my hammock and i got my phone and i opened a google doc and a voice typed my weekly reflections i was like this is this is also good <laughs> Yeah. It's different, but yeah. this is also really helpful. I love that. So that's writing in air quotes because it doesn't even need you typing or scribbling on a page. Oh, that's so fun. I love that. I, I think I want to try that too. The, I had that for like three weeks, the Friday wins. I had I did one that was similar and it dropped off and it was just such a nice end point to the day. But I do every morning, one of my things I do, as long as it's warm enough is walk. I take a walk through our whole neighborhood with the dogs and it's that moment of self-reflection and I don't put anything around it. Like I don't structure it, but it's like that moment with myself. It's the same thing as we're talking about with writing of just giving ourselves space to be aware, to reflect and to process. Yeah. Well, we started off um, talking about being a a writing midwife and I was mentioning, I stole that from Socrates and you know, his, his main deal is, um, an examined life is not worth living. And I, I think that's a little harsh. And I like to reframe in the positive of like, hey, it's amazing to live an examined yeah. life. Let's go for right. that. Um, right. But you don't have to stargaze and, and be a full-time philosopher to live an examined life. It's it's simply a series of these questions. Right. Why am I doing what, am I, what I'm doing? Is it serving me? What results am I getting from doing what I'm doing? Which is really very much like science. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What, what are the data and let me evaluate them. And am I like, what, what's the trend, you know, where, what direction is that are these behaviors taking me? And, um, it's a reason I'm, I'm hugely passionate about writing because it is such a simple and straightforward and accessible for everybody way to live an examined life. Yeah. I love that. I keep getting this image of you like it's like your aura and then like you centering in and like taking a breath and like, I can feel it's like, it slows everything down. So whether that's just an image that's coming through as a symbol or not, I'm feeling what you're talking about of just allowing the world to slow back down. I feel like if we could all do that, the world would change. If we could all continuously practice that. Massively, massively. Cause you brought up discernment Mm -hmm. and being able to discern the voice of desire. I just saw you just like a few minutes ago. I, did. I saw it anyway, posted on Facebook <laughs> about like, if you're confused about what your intuition saying, like go to your heart's desire. Like what yes. do you want the universe to be telling you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. And um, slowing down is the space to go. Is that my anxiety? Is that my heart's mm-hmm. desire? Is that my voice and what I want? Or is that something that a mentor gave to me as advice? And I kind of feel obligated to follow it because that person's an expert or I respect them or I pay them or whatever it is. Um, Is that the voice of my family of origin? I mean, you could go deep. We could just keep going. There's a whole, yeah. Yeah. But where are you and where is what's like alive and and bringing joy for you? That's what slowing down gives us. And if you slow it down and then write it down, 
then you get to remember it for later. Do you ever go yeah. back and like read through your journal entries and writings and things? I, my writings, yes, but not yeah. like for a business I do because it's like it's just so much fun for me. Like business stuff is just I nerd out with it and I like to refine it. But the other stuff, not usually. Do you? Not on a regular basis. At one point, I started a project of going back and typing up my journals. And it's still a project that I have a desire to complete at one point because I was like making a manual of Megan. Right? Because those moments where you get that big insight and you go like, oh, I'm seeing this pattern about myself or like, oh man, when, when I get stuck here, what really helps is this. And, um, I have so many insights. I'm always learning more. And in particular, I'm always learning more about myself and how I operate. So I so easily forget. I'll have a massive breakthrough and go, (laughs) I'll never forget this because this is life-changing, but then more life-changing stuff happens. So um, yeah, I think at some point I'll (laughs) I'll pick that back up. Um, And there were just so many moments too where I was like, would love to share this with people, share the, um, like what I, I, you know, concluded from not necessarily here's, here's the whole process because, you know, there's, there's writing that's helpful for me, but that doesn't mean it's helpful for, for somebody else. But if I can extract the lesson and go, (laughs) that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. I, I, I find that the most helpful. I have a client right now who's working on a book proposal and you have to, for the book proposal, you have to submit, you know, some chapters for the book. And, um, so she's like going through drafts and iterations and I'm giving her feedback and it's a really amazing, beautiful process. And the, I, like I'm finding, this was something I I recommended to her and she's implementing it. And it's like, the more she's sharing her internal dialogue with readers from these like key moments in life, the more helpful it is because we can see behind the curtain and go, yeah, that's like, I totally relate. Yes. I started with that doubt or challenge or whatever it was, but then I thought through this and then this happened and I was able to integrate that new piece of information. And that's how I arrived here. Somebody else can relate to that and potentially follow it. Yes. Uh, And it's so much more vibrant. It's like painting the full picture instead of just like a flat thing like a three it's like the 3d yeah yeah and it and it carries that vulnerability as well Mm -hmm. which is what I think vulnerability is a a necessary and often so lacking component in learning and if I think about going back to the classroom you know and it's like there's you're very fortunate if you're a kid in a classroom and you feel like you have trust with your teacher because it doesn't Mm -hmm. always happen and That's what I was going to ask is, what do you mean by that with the vulnerability and trust? I mean, so if you want yeah. somebody to learn something, what you're really asking them to do is change their inner landscape and sometimes their inner beliefs, depending on what the thing mm-hmm. is they're learning, right? There are low stakes things we can learn. Like you could teach me how to play a ukulele and that's, you know, lower stakes. You did that, right? Didn't you do that? Yes. That's yes. so cool. <laughs> um, um, And then there's like learning things that challenge our current vision of the world, whatever, whatever that yeah. is, or learning things that feel really hard or learning things where our ego is really um, resisting. Cause it's like, yeah. I can't do that. I'm not good at it. Right. So 
you're asking somebody to be very vulnerable in order to truly learn. And if we, as the guide, the teacher, the idea midwife, the coach, whoever we are in that space, the teacher, um, if, if we lead with vulnerability and make it safe to connect, the other person gets to learn at a much deeper level and often much more quickly. Do you find that in your business? Yeah, I do. You know, what's interesting though, is a lot of people that I've worked with say that they become the, when they communicate their vulnerability, then people try to fix it. (laughs) 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 I think it's just a refinement of how we talk it. Like it's probably copy, like just refining how people are talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think back to the, it's that idea in business of we make emotional buys. And I think that gets distilled, right? Of like, oh, that's an emotional purchase. But I don't think it's that. I think it's when we can connect and feel seen and feel heard and know. And it's like the sacred space piece, especially for coaching or copy coaching or intimate things that are going to get into our inner, like you said, inner landscape. Yeah. That feels, that's the sacred space, like key right there. Yeah. I just like, I'm so impatient and I'm like, okay, but the world could just be massively better right now. If everybody just stepped up and was vulnerable in the, um, like, I won't remember the words now, but you know, Brene Brown's definition is really vital. Um, cause she's, she's making a distinction between, well, just here's all of my insides, you know, like, that's not that it's, I have something at stake and I'm sharing from a place of honesty and I really want to connect with you. Like, yeah, we all just hopped over there. We could fix all the world's problems. Right. You know what it reminds me of? I think I saw one of her speeches once where she talked about intimacy and vulnerability and how it's one of her popular ones. Uh, she talked about special forces. I forget which group, but we think of that as like a more feminine thing. But the guy said, no, you have to be vulnerable with your community to trust one another and to stay safe and to operate together. And I feel like it's not that level of interaction. Like we're not going into battle, but it is that idea of like, do you have me? Do I have you? And that for that intimacy to occur, that layer of vulnerability has to be there. I think you're right. Yeah. And and here's a here's a great way for us all to practice it. Be vulnerable with yourself. Right. Journal. Yeah. Be willing to go there just for you. Nobody else has to read it. It's just for you. But are you willing to open up to yourself and with yourself and go, oh, this is what's really going on yeah. for me? Yeah. As you're saying that, I remember my writing, I used to not write it because I was like afraid to put it on the page. And so I started out, I'm bilingual, bilingual with Spanish. I started out writing it in Spanish <laughs> and it just felt safer. Oh. Don't know why, but then it was like kind of coded because yeah. not everybody in your world will be bilingual. Right. So, right. So it, but then it was, you know what it, it's inner safety. Yeah. Uh, I know these are all like with writing for you. That's probably all you're like, yes, but no. this is like new territory for this is, I've never had this way. conversation before. This is awesome. Oh, cool. Yay. <laughs> so I have a question. Yeah. And I'm curious as a neurodivergent human where my brain processes, and it's so funny right now, like trying to train my husband, Jeremy, he's, he's joining the team. He's like, well, we were here and now we're here. <laughs> I personally see that as part of the mad scientist of like being able to be tangential and we may not get back to where we were, but 
when you're coaching or I don't want to assume neurotypical either for yourself, but like what advice would you have to say or what would your advice is the wrong word? What's your perspective on neurodivergence in writing? Yeah. Well, self-knowledge is everything. It's absolutely everything. So the first thing is just, you know, tune out any, it should be done this way. Yeah. Um, And just like that and pause and then celebrate that like, oh, okay, this is my first step on this path that is going to be, you know, much more helpful. And then, I mean, let's go with mad scientist. Try it write down what works. Like I highly recommend when people are um, making a big change in their writing, getting more comfortable with writing, starting to write more consistently, do those four magic questions. Could be at the end of the Mm. week, could be at the end of a writing session. Um, Start by celebrating your wins. So you're forming a neural pathway of positivity with writing. Okay. Oh, I had writing wins. Writing is something I'm good at. I'm going to not just think of it as, oh, the terrible thing I have to do. And then what are my challenges so I can acknowledge them and see patterns like I noticed, oh, I kept procrastinating when I tried to write it this time or this day or on that topic. Mm-hmm. And um, so you're tracking data that you can use to support that. you. What's working is things like, oh, like going to a, a coffee shop is really making me feel creative or writing after this time or putting on music or starting by pulling an Oracle card or doing meditation first. Like what, what's, what are those um, practices? that are making it awesome. Um, and then what do I want to try? Hopefully comes from all of that. Like you look back and you're like, Oh, well, I keep getting stuck here, but this is working. So I want to try this. And, and then it's like this fun hypothesis. I, what I want to try is what I think will work for me, but I don't know. Um, that's for, for, you know, people like, um, with any kind of brain, like neurotypical neurodivergence, um, if there are like an increasing if you if you make those kind of connections and have those tangents it's such a superpower that's what i so, think yeah you're seeing connections that a lot of other people aren't seeing um so just keep experimenting and find a way that makes you feel safe you're not going to lose your ideas because mm-hmm. i know that's a big trauma for people. And especially so like, um, ADHD can feel so, um, robbing for some people, right? Like I had this amazing idea and then it was just gone and I feel like I won't ever get it back. And the reality is your brain is, you're going to always have more ideas. Yeah, (laughs) that's true. This is true true for everybody. There are always more great ideas for you, but especially if you're, if your brain is always making those connections, ideas are popping up constantly every and day. at the same time <laughs> at the same time yeah. it feels demoralizing to if you lose them so i would say just put some time and effort into experimenting with how you feel like you're you're keeping most of them or you're yeah. able to hold on to most of them so you feel not robbed i love that does it, that resonate for it you does well, you and do? you know, what's interesting is what I'm hearing is no matter, obviously having any kind of brain, non-neurotypical brain or neurotypical brains, like we're all different. Yeah. So what I'm hearing you say is that it's about, it's coming back to what you said about self-discovery and being vulnerable with yourself and figuring that out. And 
as you were talking, I realized that's why I love writing my business ideas. And that's why Jeremy's joining my team. He looked at all the stuff. He's like, you know, this is like a million dollars that we're sitting on, but you haven't finished it. (laughs) And I'm like, I know, please help me. But like, I like to make like colorful bubbles and stuff a lot like um, Leonie Dawson does. Okay. Yeah. I am not quite as um, artistically, it's not to that level. Mine's a little more, um, just like streamlined, but it's very similar. And that's also why I love writing. And also what I do side note is I've been playing with, I just talk freely. Mm-hmm. I just record myself. I upload it to loom, download the transcript and I either read it, or I've just started this week, putting it into chat GPT and asking chat GPT to summarize and then looking at my own thoughts and then writing from there. Oh, that's amazing. And like, and it's not like, oh, here, thank you, chat GPT. It's like, it lets me look at my brain and see it. And it's been just like, I've been nerding out and like, people have gotten a lot of ideas from me. I've been like DMing, hey, I did this. And it was, I was thinking about you. And, but it's just, it's added this whole different level where I was a little afraid of AI with writing of like, is it going to distill the human piece? But now I'm seeing like, oh, especially for ADHD, it's a really cool tool yeah. to see what, and I feel like it's probably true for anybody for us to see our process still down. That's, that's, that's an amazing strategy. <laughs> and it's, you know, my yeah. ADHD brain was like, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and, yeah. And, and to find out what you're working with. I mean, that's a great first step always. So I'm huge on post-its. I'm just like a million yes. post-its and I write down the idea and I stick it up on the wall, but just for everybody find out what you're working with. Yes. It, it could be talking it out. It could be post-its. It could be journaling. Like it could be talking to a friend, any form you're inspired to do so that you can just t- get what's floating kind of in the field around you Yeah, into a tangible form that will hold still. Then you can figure out how you want to play with it. And that's the magic you're talking about. So this is why I love spending time with you is I feel like there's going to be like 10 million nuggets of inspiration here, because as we're kind of wrapping up here, what I'm feeling is I can really feel what you're talking about, that writing and communicating is allowing our soul to be expressed. I can really feel that. And that's just such a gift that you give to people to help doula that or midwife that I forget the it is midwife. Yeah. So. I, I, I'm not particular and <laughs> it's definitely outdated language, you know, yeah. But yeah, yeah. It's just what it, what do you need to feel supported so you can just focus on the labor? It's so good. That is so good. This has been so fun. So where can people find you, like follow you, connect with you? Yeah. Um, on my website, which is meganbarnhard.com and that's where you can find the Oracle decks. And then on Instagram, I'm right with Megan, W R I T with Megan. Love it. Thank you for being here. And I will also put that in the show notes for anybody that just wants to click the links, but thank you. I'm just so happy to have spent time with you today. And this was just, this is super magical. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Yay. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll be back on again soon. 
Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Dream Life and Business Podcast so that you're notified when new episodes come out. And remember that your dream life is always one decision away.